Bossy Britches with Lisa Schinniger and Julia Dumay. And this week we're going to be talking about things we've given up on, um, things we've abandoned or quit um, for whatever reason. Um, and uh, yeah, we're going to see where that takes us. Um, I don't know about you, Lisa. I am a completist generally or that is sort of my natural inclination and it's really only in the past few years that I've gotten better about saying you know what life's too short oh yeah um life's too short for bad stuff for forcing myself to read bad stuff because I feel like I should when there's so much good stuff out there that I could be reading instead mm-hmm. yeah it's a like there's just so much like I've seen, yeah there's that thing that went around last year about um you can never possibly get caught up like there's just so yeah. much new stuff coming in and so why bother with like the crap like yeah if, you, if you've determined that something isn't for you you know why force yourself to keep going um yeah you know it's not for school like mm-hmm. we're all out of school at this point. There isn't a teacher standing over us to grade us. On well, you're completion. out of school at this point. Uh, yeah, some of us are. <laughs> I there. yes, some of us are. You almost are. Yay, hang in there. So close. Um, but you know, you're not going to be required to show that you did the reading. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nobody, a teacher isn't going to be standing over you as you watch TV to make sure you watch it all. Um, and I feel like we have sort of, there's sort of this attitude sometimes that you need to stick with it to the end right? or that, yeah. um, that it's good for you to suffer, I guess that it's, it's good for you that there will be payoff at some point. Um, I, I don't know, I don't know what my first question for you would be, actually. Um, well, let's talk, I guess let's talk about what are some notable things you've abandoned, you've given up on. Yeah, I, I was thinking about this and I really kind of, uh, I drift away more than I drop, but there are a couple of things where I've made like a really deliberate choice to drop something. Um, yeah, there's, it's a little different. Like sometimes there's things that I just struggle to get into and I just Mm. abandon that way, which unfortunately, um, if I get recommended a lot of things that I try and it, it, either I'm not in the right mindset or, you know, it's not the right timing Mm -hmm. and I can't get into them. And I just sort of like ashamedly drop out of that and mention it again. Like, um, but then there's stuff you come back to later and it turns out that it actually is a good fit for you once you're in the right frame of mind. But, um, like stuff that I'm already in, I drift away from more than I drop, but there's two big, um, reasons why I would drop something. The first is, um, if the, if, if it takes a turn that I, that I'm not comfortable with, um, Mm. like game of Thrones, we've talked about before. I, I'm, I'm totally sold on the books. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish out the book series, you know, if it ever finishes. If, if possible, George R. Yes. R. Martin get to work. Um, but <gasps> the TV show has made so many changes from the books in ways that I that don't really work for me. Um, mm. And then the last straw was uh, uh, Jamie and Cersei after Joffrey's death, um, mm. which I hope is not a spoiler for anyone because. There was so much rejoicing when that happened. Um, but the the show made a deliberate choice there to turn something in, that in the books was at, at 
at worst ambiguous um and they made it explicit that um that it was a sexual assault and not like a an act of grieving and yeah. connection yeah um and it was just like after so many seasons of just gratuitous uh, sex and violence and um uh, diminishing the agency of women who like have a great deal of agency in the books um and you know you always when stuff gets adapted stuff gets moved away from like your favorite character gets to do less and somebody else's yeah. favorite character gets to do more um but it seemed like in the show a lot more of that was happening where it was actions were being taken away from the the female characters and given to male characters who sometimes maybe didn't even need to be involved yeah um so that was really frustrating and then when the jamie and cersei in the in the sept thing happened i was just like i have reached my final straw i'm yeah i'm done and and, yeah i mean the thing about that scene was it was like i think you use this word but if not i think it's i'm gonna use it it was just gratuitous because Mm -hmm. you know what if you want it's not like you needed to work to make their relationship more messed up Right. You know, they like, were brother the and sister. Is so fucked is, up. They're already in a re- it's a, already a really messed up relationship. Mm-hmm. There's already a lot of drama. And as you said in the books, it was you can certainly read it as ambiguous um as like grieving to grieving parents um in a really terrible place and you can certainly read it as uh what they call in fandom dubcon you know dubious consent um as ambiguous but it just in the show they made it flat out rape and i'm like you didn't need to go to that well yeah that was there was plenty of angst and misery and fucked upness there already and there's already enough rape in the show like why did you need to add it again like yeah do you do it to a character where it wasn't present in the canon um I just, it's, it was just really frustrating. So that's like an example of something where I deliberately drop, um, where it just, you can't take it anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. and then there's, there's other stuff that I like drift away from. I, the other reason that I drop stuff though is, um, goofy. Uh, I kind of (laughs) mentioned it when, uh, the parks finale was coming up. Um, I have this thing where if I really, really love something, I can't oh, yeah. watch the last episode. And Aww. then it's like it never ended. <laughs> Aww, so that's like, sweet. Some sort of like, I don't know, like some magical realist belief yeah. that it's still going on if I didn't, Aww. you know, kind of like how um, like kids, like little kids think like that object impermanence thing where yes. if it's not in their view, it ceases to exist. Yes. <laughs> So yeah, like if I if I didn't watch the finale, then the finale never happened, and it's never. Yes. Ever. The first thing I ever did that for this is oh my god, was Night Court. <laughs> oh. was all things. Um, but like it was in you know it was in syndication, so it was easy to pretend that it was still running and um, yeah. And I just like the, I did it for the X Files. I had seen every episode. Yup. Same. All, like all but three of them, like as they actually aired. Um, uh, but then I did. I've never watched the finale because if I don't watch it, then it's not done. Um, yes. So that's the other reason that I dropped Aww. the big one. The really big one I did was um, the Sopranos. Oh yeah. Uh, I actually dropped that for that that last that six B season. Um, it was oh, like okay. Six or eight episodes or something. Um, and I actually deliberately made the choice that I wasn't going to watch any of those because it kind of reached the point where there were a couple of reasons. Um, 
like I kept making the mistake all the way through the show of liking the doomed characters. Oh yeah. Like yeah. becoming really, really attached to the doomed characters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so there was one, I think in the first half of season six where I just was devastated by Oof. like, um, it was, uh, Adriana. Like, yeah. I, yeah. it wasn't like a final straw because it worked narratively and it wasn't, it, did. Like, it, was it wasn't an egregious choice. Yeah. It wasn't, like it worked within the the universe of the show, so it, it was just brutal. Yeah, it was so brutal, and I yeah. just was like, you know, I keep doing this to myself. Where like the, I have these favorites, and they always come to a bad end because everyone on the show comes to a bad end eventually. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> the other part was like, like these guys are scumbags, and yeah. like I. I am fine with not having it, and I know that I have not. So I haven't seen the the last that last season um but i have and so i don't know like exactly what happens in the finale but i've heard enough to know that it wasn't like definitively wrapped up like really explicitly so people Mm. can understand what happened Mm. sorry we have a visitor in the recording studio again oh um she uh she really likes the sopranos i guess (laughs) so like i didn't need everything to be wrapped up neatly in a bow though like i i know enough about the characters to know that some of them are going to get what's coming to them some of them are going to get things that they don't deserve um Mm. like (laughs) the good guys never win and the bad guys don't always lose and um you know i like I like the I liked the um, the hyper realist kind of sensibility of it, but at the same time, like I was just kind of like I, I think I can be done with it at this point. Like yeah. I think I can. Yeah. I I don't need to, that final credit sequence to. Well, know that I it's would over. just like to point out that technically we don't actually see Adriana die, so it's entirely possible that the doctor came in at the last second in his TARDIS and whisked her off to be a companion, which she would be the best companion. She would be. Somebody write that fic because Adriana would be the best companion to the doctor. I love that. I think that's fantastic. You're yes, you're welcome. There you go. So that's what happened in the finale. Yeah. That's a great great choice. Chase. Yes. Yeah. That's what happened. (laughs) Great job. Great yeah. job, HBO. Great All job, right. guys. Good. Yeah. That was a really good interesting. note to go out on, Sopranos. <laughs> interesting. Like it. it was just a really interesting decision. I see why it made people angry, because it was a huge genre shift. <laughs> right. But, you know, I think it worked. I think it did, too. I think that's that's really fantastic. So now I don't have to see the finale ever, because I've... Jules has given me the, yes. the details here. That's so what we, happened. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, so is there, you, you had mentioned, I know we've talked about it before that there's a show that you oh God made well, the decision to drop. Yes. Like you, I mostly drift away more mm-hmm. than actually making a conscious decision to drop it. Um, and partly I think that's because it takes a lot for me to get into shows to begin with. Like I'm just so lazy about <laughs> actually starting things and I'm really bad about trying new things and I don't like to try new things until there's a good backlog for me Mm -hmm. to binge on um like I think the reason I've watched more new tv shows in the past six months or so than in a while is because of this podcast um but I definitely made the explicit choice to stop watching Supernatural. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it was similar to your Game of Thrones limit, which is it just it was the episode where they killed uh, Ellen and Joe. Okay. Um, and it like went to commercial shortly after that. And I just I was watching it with my mother and I looked at her and I was just like, I'm done. I can't. She was like, yeah, me too. Oh, um, man. Yeah. Because, you know, and this show had done so much was not great on female characters um you know there's been so much discussion among fans among viewers among critics that this is not a show that is good for female characters not just in the like you know it's centered on two dudes so okay it's gonna be largely about them but in just there were so many points where it just seemed sort of egregious it just seemed sort of conscious it was beyond background radiation level sexism Mm -hmm. and just went into actual overt they are doing this on purpose um and knowing how close how what close ties there were how closely sort of how little of a barrier of fourth wall there was between the creators the showrunners and the fandom um it didn't seem like an accident after a while. Um, it's It began yeah. to feel very, very hostile to me as a female viewer who was saying out loud, I'm not thrilled with the way this show treats women. Um, oh, it sounds like the cat agrees with me. Yes. Yes. She has many feelings on Supernatural. She too. does. She's Good very for well her. versed, um, especially yeah. in feminist critiques. Of Good for media. her. So, Good for yeah. her. Um, and I just, it, and then, you know, they took, and it was, I, cause I remember earlier in that season, Joe and, uh, Joe or Ellen, one of them, if not both had appeared in an earlier episode. And I remember commenting on like, not only were they there, but there was also like a character of color there as well. And none of them died. Like, mm-hmm. I, I remember being surprised. It seemed like a really pleasant change of pace. And then later in the season, they brought them back again just to kill them off. Yeah. Um, and it just felt so nasty. So, I don't know. I can't explain why that and not any of the other completely nasty moments in the show was my limit. But yeah, I reached that and I was like, I'm done. That's it. Yeah, well, I think, and I I can understand why that would be the tipping point, because that was so, like, in previous episodes, like, when the women had died, it was just kind of like an incidental thing, like, maybe a little mm. sad, and, but she's just dead, like, mm-hmm. end of story. But, like, that was really, like, lovingly crafted to be about the sacrifice of these two women for these dudes who come through yeah. unscathed. Um, and I, I totally agree, like, it does... Especially knowing the relationship that um, the people running that show had with uh, the, have with the fandom, like they are completely aware of everything that's going on in the fandom around them, and that, like it's it's one of those like queer baiting shows um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where they know that the the main pairing is the two dudes because you know who else is there? Yeah, um, and, and they know enough about fandom to know that's going to be a pairing. Um, yeah. yeah, and which. Which, frankly, made the fandom episodes really uncomfortable for me because a lot of, I don't know, a lot of people found them really fun and really charming. 
for me, they felt very hostile. I just couldn't get over. I was like, this show is not laughing with us, fandom. They are not laughing with you. They are laughing at you. Yeah. Yeah, I can totally see that. Um, and I I agree. I actually, Supernatural was one that I drifted from. Because um, I still, I was still interested in the stories about the brothers. Because, um... As much as we get, and I we've talked about this before, I think, as much as we get, like, a lot of stories about men, like, we don't get a lot of stories about men where feelings are involved, mm. um, except in, like, a really ironic, like, bromance kind of a thing where it's supposed yeah. to be funny that men have emotional connections with each other. So I was interested in that, like, dynamic between the brothers especially, um, of like the older brother caring for the younger brother and the younger brother trying yeah. to pull away from that. And like there, are, even though there aren't, they aren't always spoken, like there is that emotional component. Yeah. But at the same time, like there wasn't enough else around it that was um, attractive to me that I wanted to keep watching. Yeah. So I did, I kind of like, I ended a season and then it started piling up on the DVR and then I, um, I got rid of the subscription cause I was like, I'm never going to, I'm never going to do this. If I if I ever come back to this again, it's going to be like piecemeal. It's going to be on Netflix. It's going to be a long time from now. Um, yeah. Because like you said, I mean, it just it really did feel like aggressively um, anti-woman after a while. And yeah. Like, aggressively anti people of color. Um, oh, God. You know, yeah. the, sh- the shelf life for a, a character of color on that show is like, what, like six minutes or something? Like, yeah. You know, if they even exist at all. So, yeah, I... Like, that was, I I really admire you for walking away from that episode, because I watched the whole thing, and then a couple of seasons after, like, I wish I hadn't done that. I'm amazed. I had, I, well, I have, a, I had a friend who swore, she was like, I, I'm too far in now, I'm gonna mm-hmm. stick with it to the end, and even she finally quit, she was like, it just keeps going, they it's just like- keep going going it's like one of those fanfics that's like three hundred thousand words yes it's got like 150 chapters and you're like what the what when will it end like when is it gonna be over except you can i understand it even less with fan fiction because at least with like tv shows they're getting paid for it Mm -hmm. like all right fine if i was getting paid for it i could probably churn out more of it but i sort of i almost in some ways, I almost respect it more when it's fan fiction because I'm like, that's all right. You are clearly doing something you love. That is clearly a labor of love. God bless. You know? Yeah. I'm probably never going to read it, but via con Dios, you know? Yeah. Uh, oh, boy. Supernatural. Except oh, the, the worst part is that, like, when I. Like, as we were talking about this, I'm kind of like, I kind of want to dip back in. Oh, <laughs> I make that mistake sometimes. Uh, I'm like, no, oh, right. Like, yeah. Well, they brought in they brought in a female character for a fairly long arc. Um, and I yeah. think she probably ended up dead. I don't probably. know the details. but One assumes. Um, it's supernatural. So, yeah, yeah. That's a safe assumption. Yeah. And I think also she probably lasted as long as she did because she wasn't, like, um, an object of sexual desire for either of, of the course. guys. Yeah. Um, because I think the character was a lesbian, and so, oh, like, yeah. um, she doesn't like in that sense. She doesn't become, um, she doesn't become a threat for the relationship between the brothers, and she doesn't become a threat for the perceived relationship between, um, Dean, the older brother, and the angel. Yeah, the angel Castiel. I don't know Castiel. He's yeah. God or the angel or something. I don't know. <laughs> but like, that's the that's the primary 
those are the primary ships like in the fandom are the the two brothers and and then Dean and the angel and so like you have to I think the show has to bring in a character that doesn't isn't going to upset that balance at all and that's the only yeah. way that a character can survive um and because the two brothers are in the show um putatively heterosexual like you can't <laughs> bring in a heterosexual woman <laughs> without Stop upsetting it. that dynamic yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, that's a weird show. That's so weird. Yeah. Like, when you, like, it's kind of fun on the surface, and we, I call it brother tears. Like, yeah. Because it's just, like, it was, somebody was always crying about their brother. <laughs> yes. Um, which was really enjoyable, but it just was like, you can't have a universe that's populated entirely by men. Like, it's physically impossible mm-hmm. for that to happen. Like, and yet it does. And yet it does. Yeah. Um, yeah. Boy, and the first couple seasons still are a lot of fun, but mm-hmm. you just, I, I can't believe it's still going. I thought I quit a ways into it, but I think I quit in like season five or season six. Um, and boy, they are just still going. My God, that's, wow. It's, they're going into what, their 11th season next year? I, I think, think 11th. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's a powerhouse. It just keeps going. Yeah. Boy. I, yeah. All right. All right. Fine. (laughs) Yeah. I just. You do you guys. It still just baffles me. Um, yeah, I, I like that point you made the distinction between sort of actively quitting and drifting away. Um, I find that books, maybe I'm a little more likely to actively quit Mm -hmm. in some ways which is odd because for the long time for a long time that was sort of the the strongest no I have to finish this reaction I had was to books and maybe it's left over from school where I'm like oh I have to read it for class I gotta finish this it's good for me but I find the books I'm actually more likely to say you know what screw it um I think I've there's especially fiction I'm like you know I I think the one, the first book I ever consciously remembered actively putting that down and quitting was actually Twilight, (laughs) Um, where I, you know, I got, I kept going, well, okay, people love this. And what I've heard is not promising, but I need to give it a fair chance. I was like, you know, I just, I need to give it a fair shot, so I'll try it. And I got like a few chapters in and I was like, nothing seems to be happening mm-hmm. um but I'll I'll give it another chapter and I I did I kept saying that and then I was suddenly halfway through the book and I was like I nothing still happened there's still nothing happening I I give up I give up Stephanie yeah. Meyer one <laughs> Julia zero I I give up um Interestingly, I did finally finish the series a few years later as audiobooks. Um, okay. Because I was working a night job. I was delivering newspapers, basically, was my job. And a friend had recommended from a road trip, uh, had recommended the Twilight audiobooks. She said those are much better. Um, and I, because I had listened to everything on my iPod like 12 times and I was starting to get desperate for new things to listen to uh for you know a couple several hours every night mm-hmm. um 
So I tried them as audiobooks and they were compelling. I was I was kind of invested in them. I was a little surprised by the fact that I I did sort of get swept up in them. <laughs> um so I I if you've tried Twilight and given up on it before, try it as an audiobook and you might be able I at least see the appeal. I don't quite I'm not into it, but I I see why people are. So that's my advice. If you if you need help figuring out what the hell the deal is with Twilight. Yeah, that's I never even attempted cuz I like mm, boy Kind of like Fifty Shades, Twilight and Fifty Shades. Yeah. Surprisingly, they go together. Um, <laughs> I, but I, I feel you on that. Like, once you're in, you might as well finish it. Like, there yeah. are very few books that I've actually abandoned. Um, I'll tell you one: Wolf Hall. Um, oh yeah, the Hilary Mantel, which is like, yeah, people love. Oh, that. people love it so much. And I started reading it, and I was like, I just do not care. Like, I do not care so much that it was, like, turning a page was really, like, ugh. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I definitely abandoned that. and But I think, like, it's one of those, I fully expect to come back to that at some point. Because um, a lot of people whose taste aligns with mine um, really enjoyed it. So I think maybe yeah. it was just a matter of um, I wasn't in the right mindset for it. Or, you know, what I really wanted to do was go and read, like, a a 4,000 word fanfic instead yeah. of like this giant <laughs> thick book um, about ancient English history. Um, ancient in the modern sense, not ancient in the actual definition. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like, but like, I'm a completist. Like, if I start something, I want to start at the first thing of it and I want to yeah. go all the way to the end of it. Um, like, even book series, uh, if I get a recommendation for a book, that's in the middle of a series, even if it's like a loose series, like, um, like romance novels tend to be where they, yeah, you know, like yeah, a series same. could be something where it's all set in the same city or organization yeah. or there's a very loose thread the same, between like, them. Yeah. Family yeah I, or, I still, yeah. if you tell me that the first two are terrible and the third one is really good, I will still go and read the first two. Like yep. I feel like I have to read the whole series in sequence. Yeah. Um. It's so it's really distressing for me when people do like um, like a reshuffling of a series. Like oh my uh, gosh, when yeah. people try and tell you a different way to read, um, like the uh, Narnia. Like if somebody oh, tries yeah. to get you to read it, like I read them in publication order. But if people try and get like the chronological order. I get really upset. Like, no, you have to read them the way that they are. Like, yeah. Even though there's a million different ways to sort of like move things around. And I certainly don't have a problem with um, shuffling up the Star Wars trilogies. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but like in book form, I feel like you have to start at number one and you have to go to number 10 and then you're done. <laughs> um, so it's a lot. And it's harder to drift away from a book, although I've certainly done it where you just put it down and you never pick it back up again. Like it's not mm-hmm. even like a conscious thing. You just never get back to it. Um, but it's it's really difficult to put something down in the middle. It's really got to make a choice that you can't get behind. Yeah. I've found it's easier for me, maybe not a combination sort of of conscious putting it down and also drifting away, sort mm-hmm. of halfway between the two. I've found that's easier for me with ebooks, with my Kindle, mm-hmm. um, because it's easier for me to say, you know, I don't really feel like this right now. And close, you know, whatever book I'm reading and open another one. Um, it's much easier than 
actually putting the book down, getting up, going over to my bookshelf and picking out something new. Right. Um, and that ar- I, you can hit that archive button so fast. Yeah. And then you yeah, never have exactly. to deal with it again. Yeah. God, yeah. Um, so I found, yeah, I found with Kindle, with books, that's that's a bit easier. And more and more with books, I think that's sort of where I've tried to get better about it. Just because I'm like, you know, being a completist... I'm more likely to make myself miserable um, in a lot of respects than if I just learned to give up and say, you know what, screw it, life's too short. Um, I think most recently it was like a young adult novel um, where I, it was a couple, those are the most recent examples, actually, both of the ones I'm thinking of are a couple of like young adult novels where I just, I was like, you know, this is so clearly like a paint by numbers young adult novel at this point. Um, like it had sort of all the the hallmarks of what I would consider young adult genre literature of, you know, the female character and just sort of it followed all the plot beats so mm-hmm. steadily and yet which I can get behind. I'm we've talked about loving romance novels. I can totally get behind a formula. Um, there just wasn't enough backing it up. I was like, some of these young adult writers need to take a lesson from romance writers in terms of creating characters that I am willing to deal with the formula for. Mm -hmm. That I I am willing to be characters who will make me forget about the formula. Yeah. Yeah. That's the kind of thing, too. Like, there's got to be that hook. And... Mm -hmm. Once you've read enough and watched enough, like, there isn't a lot that can happen, like, um, like narratively, that's really new and fresh and interesting. Like, you, you see the same beats all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's really the characters that make, that, you know, become the hook. Like, and if oh, it's yeah. not, if they're not compelling enough, like, why bother? Like, Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, so, yeah, like, TV is really the, the thing where I drift away. Like, books... Either I pick it up or I don't. And if I pick mm-hmm. it up, I tend to get all the way through it. Yeah. Um, like, I might abandon a series, like, if the formula becomes too much. Um, and like you said, the characters are just not enough to sustain it. Like, I'll drop a series. Or I have favorite authors where I'll only read stuff up to a certain point, And then mm-hmm. a- and everything after that, like, everything I've encountered is not great. So I just sort of um, drop that. But, like, TV series, I even if it's something that I'm still really enjoying... Um, it's like this past year has been really bad for me with abandonment because like with school and yeah. stuff like I yeah. really like my time is really limited and I don't I can't sit around and watch like a million hours of TV in a row um, except in you know special circumstances like when House of Cards drops or when Unbreakable <laughs> Kimmy Schmidt drops um, but like I don't have time and I don't have the attention span to go every like week to week like um, I'm really like we've talked about it before we're we tend to binge more than like to keep coming back and dipping in once a week on something. Yeah. Um, so even when it's working for me, like the big example for me from this past television season, well, it's still ongoing is um, Jane, the Virgin, um, which I adored and oh, I yeah. just absolutely love. And it's so, I think it's really wonderful. The characters are great. And the story is, is actually feels fresh and surprising. Um, and then like they do things like with the structure of the story as well with that, that Latin lover narrator um, 
and like it kind of has an arrested <laughs> development sensibility in that nice. um, like where the narrator is not only commenting on what's happening on screen but like the narrator has his own agenda as well <laughs> um, which is really cool but like I loved everything about the show and I just stopped watching it at some point um, yeah. and it was because like the big one of the big drivers of tension in the first part of the f- of this first season was um the will they won't they between Raphael and Jane mm-hmm. and once like like the tension had built up to a point where um like it was really 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 exciting to see whether you know are they going to kiss are they going to admit their feelings for each other and then once they did i was like uh okay and then All i was right. like oh i've got 3 episodes on the Oh, I got six episodes. Oh, I got nine yeah. episodes. Oh, I think I'm just going to get rid of them and I'll watch it this summer. Like, um, so it's like that tension built up so much that once it was released, it was kind of like, I don't really have anything still pulling me into the story. Yeah. Even though there are lots of storylines I was um, interested in that just kind of, uh, you know, I don't know what's happening with them, <laughs> but they weren't compelling enough to overcome mm-hmm. that lack of tension. Mm-hmm. Network executives yeah. don't listen to me because... no. Um, I don't want you to think the moonlighting thing is actually a thing. (laughs) (laughs) That was just a one-off. Yes. You can resolve tension anytime you want. It's fine. Yes. Yes. Um, Yeah. I'm, and I'm similar with TV. It's much more likely to be that I just drift away. Um, That I, you know, I mean to, I'll be like, well, I want to get a good backlog that I can binge on. Mm -hmm. And then I just sort of never get back to it. I'm just like, mm, just whatever it was, just never really, I'm like, oh, in hindsight, yeah, I guess it didn't really interest me all that much, as much yeah. as I thought it did in the moment, because I'm remembering it, and I'm like, well, I guess I could watch that, but, eh, you know, somehow it's less compelling than re-watching Bob's Burgers on Netflix for the 12th time, Um I'm like, all right, well, there you go. I guess that's, that's, it's, yeah, where I realized sort of it's not as, as important to me as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, I think we put our, our fingers on an important part of it for, for me at least, which is that, well, like you said, if you've watched a lot of TV, which we have, um, if you're really pretty well versed in pop culture, which I think we are, there's not a lot that'll surprise you. And it really does become about the characters, about the chemistry between characters, about, as you said, the hook. There has to be some kind of hook that's really going to make me go, wow, um, that's really going to give me reason to overcome my natural inclination towards uh, letting it all pile up on my right. DVR until I yeah. admit that I'm never actually going to get around to it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that there really has to be sort of a spark. And, and formulaic, I don't care about. I'm like, fine, whatever, go with formulas. That's great. The if you can use great. them well. Yeah. yeah. If you can use them well, absolutely. And I think everyone maybe could, maybe everyone really, I said young adult writers, but maybe everyone really could take a lesson from romance novel writers on this. Mm -hmm. Because romance novelists are great at taking a formula and making me go, oh yeah, I'm going to read this a million times and it's pretty much the exact same formula, 
but they managed to make the characters and the chemistry compelling enough to get yeah. me interested. Yeah, definitely. That's I, and sometimes you can tell like when you start something. I've got that three episode rule that um, I picked mm. up from I don't even know who some pop culture critic. So for like stuff that they aren't actively covering, um, they have a three episode rule and if it's not grabbed them by the end of the third episode because sometimes stuff takes a while to gel yeah um if it hasn't grabbed them by the end of the third episode they bail um so i've been trying to follow that myself but sometimes you can tell like um i wrote about on my on my site uh some shows that were new this season that i started watching and i was going to give the three episodes and i sort of gave um like a little mini review of each like within that three episode window um, and then I oh, never nice. spoke about them again because I yeah. dropped all of them. Like, oh. uh, one, of, one of them is a CBS, uh, one of those weird ass, like, off-brand <laughs> CSI procedural kind oh, of thing. Oh, gosh. Um, it's called Scorpion. I don't know if you've seen anything about it. It's, huh. like, it's like a team of ragtag <laughs> geeks and they go out and they, they work for the government and they have this handler and this other handler and they, it's stupid. Um, and it's not very good and like it's really formulaic but not like like none of the com- all the characters are supposed to be like quirky and oh, like, genius weirdness and but none of them are really compelling enough to make you want to keep watching like mm. there's a dynamic between um, the normal the like the soft normcore lady who's like <laughs> teaching the super soft genius normcore. I love it <laughs> she's teaching the super genius how to be a person it's like Ugh. There's some chemistry there between the actors, and like I think the show is trying to do something with it, but it's not like compelling enough to make me want to keep watching. Like I'm kind uh. of interested. Like I keep dipping back in, like to see what's going on, but I don't want to watch it every week. Like there's mm. so much else happening. <laughs> like, and even if nothing else were happening, I still don't want to give an hour a week to this show. <laughs> yeah. So I like I gave it the the three episode tryout, but I kind of knew that it wasn't gonna happen. Because um, one of the dynamics that I really like is, like, a found family. Um, mm. Like, Night Court, I mentioned earlier, Night Court had that, and that was kind of, like, the prototype for me as a kid. Like, that found family uh, situational comedy thing. And then it also works in procedurals, too. Like um, Yeah. Or things like Leverage, where, like, you know, like, that Band of Misfits thing is really... Yes. When the chemistry is leverage. right. Like, that's really great to watch. But this Scorpion does not have that. Like, I had hopes mm. that it did and it just it never really worked because there's like the main guy and he's kind of interesting and then um everybody else is kind of like blah like yeah, <laughs> yeah. who cares i don't care God. which is terrible because i don't like i always feel guilty also like i think that's part of why i d- tend not to abandon oh things. yeah yeah me too like i feel guilty because people have put a lot of work and yeah and time and money and like I have friends who are really into something and I feel like I should be appreciating it more and I'll just give it another chance. And, but you know, if it's not working for you, it's not working for you. Just Yeah. Yeah. Well, you bring up, and that's an important one too. Just my friends being into something has been a driver for me to subject myself to a lot of stuff over the years is that, you know, cause you and I are both from like a fandom background and that means that, sort of the pop culture you you consume is a major like common point it's a touchstone for everybody to talk about it's a great way to start talking about things to sort of get to know somebody if you like the same characters if you have similar feelings about this storyline or that one Mm -hmm. um 
And it can be just a hu- a good, a great way to bond with people, to get to know someone better, um, to meet new people. And, you know, there was, I just felt like this huge pressure to try this thing because everybody loves it. And just finding myself going, I don't understand. I'm trying to understand why so many of my friends love this mm-hmm. and I just can't. And I've, I've, I think that's in some ways has helped me get better about being able to say, nope, I'm done and quitting on things. Um, because where I'm, where I hit a point where I'm just like, I, I'm never going to see it. I don't see the appeal. I'm probably never going to, um, the three episode rule is, is interesting and that's useful, I think, because, you know, with TV especially, it takes a while. It can take some time for things to settle in and you're like, mm-hmm. well, I want to give it a chance. Um, and having, that's where I think social media and even fandom in particular can come in handy where you can check back in with people and be like, oh, I watched the first few episodes and I wasn't that into it. Does it get better? Does it change dramatically? Um, And they can tell you, well, the first season is kind of rough or the first half of this season is kind of boring, but yeah, stick with it or jump in halfway through and it's, it gets a lot better. Yeah. I do really, I really value that. Like it used to be um, like when I was a kid, all you had to go on was like what the people in the magazines or TV guide had to say. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and then like your immediate circle of friends who didn't, your tastes didn't all necessarily align. Um, mm. so like, it's really valuable, I think, to be able to, to find people that you trust to give you recommendations. Um, especially like, I really love it when people give you the anti recommendation. <laughs> yes. Gosh. Um, yes. Like, especially when there's something like getting really zeitgeisty. Um, and then, <laughs> You know, you've got your friend who is like, eh, well, but except, okay. And then you, you know, you can look at that and say, well, maybe this isn't going to be something for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, like, I always feel guilty, though, when people recommend something. And I try yeah. it and I'm like, eh, I don't really. Yeah. The social but, thing. Yeah, yeah. It can make you feel so guilty, especially when your friends really love it and mm-hmm. they tell you you should try it. And you're like, what? I don't, where would you think that I would like this? You're like, I I don't know where you're getting it from that I would enjoy this because, oh my God. And then you don't know what to say. It's like getting a bad gift from someone where you're like, thanks. But even worse than a bad gift, because a bad gift, you can just smile and say, well, thank you. That's great. It's awesome. You know, (laughs) and then put it in a closet or donate it to Goodwill and never see it again. Um, but with a TV show that they recommend to you that you hate, you have to, they're going to check back in. They're going to be like, did you see this? And you're going to be like, well, no. Oh, my TV, my cable was being weird. So I couldn't watch this week. I actually threw my computer out the window. Yeah. Which is funny because like, if I recommend something to somebody and they don't like it, like I, I'm fine with that. (laughs) Like I would, I don't have a problem with somebody saying it's not really for me. Um, so I don't know why, I, I don't know. I don't know yeah. why I put that pressure on myself when I don't yet I put feel, that pressure yeah. on anybody else. Yeah. 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 Well, that seems like a good place. I, I guess this isn't really a good week for recommendations in general. Um, 
<laughs> here are some things we quit. You should yeah. try them. Um, but uh, if you want to talk to us about uh, things you've quit, if you want to commiserate, if you want to tell us why we should give Supernatural another chance, um, by all means, give it your best shot. Uh, we would really like to hear from you. Um, you can find us on our website at uh, realbossybritches.com. You can find us on Twitter at Britches Podcast. We're also on Facebook and Tumblr. Um, and you can subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. And you can get in touch with us individually. Um, I am Jules Has Tweets on Twitter. And Lisa is OCFarer. And your website is L. Schinninger? Lisa Schinninger. Lisa Schinninger.com. Um, so you can get in touch with us and uh, try to change our minds, commiserate. Like I said, if there's if there's something somebody recommended to you and you just don't get it, please, this is a safe space. <laughs> get in touch. And uh, we'll talk to you all next week. Bye.